most of it. But anyway, especially if you're playing with me. So let's look here in 2 Samuel. Sign up to volunteer. Sign up to play. All the proceeds are going to go help send kids to camp. Let's go here uh, to 2 Samuel, the fifth chapter. I, would, I just want to, I didn't quite finish my thought last week. And so, in fact, I didn't even get to the thought that I originally thought I was going to talk to you about. Um, hopefully that'll happen again tonight. But I generally just kind of stumble into series. So this turned in from a sermon to a series. And so let's, uh, let's look here in 2 Samuel 5. Father, we need you. We ask for the anointing. ask for your guidance. We ask, Lord, for breakthrough in this house. We ask, Lord God, that you would exponentially, Lord God, cause such an outflow of your spirit that it will absolutely be unprecedented in individuals' lives and in the life of this church. In Jesus' name. We look here at David. David has been anointed king, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Once he was anointed, what we see in verse 17, there was, a, there was an uprising of the Philistines. Verse 17, then when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David, and in the life of this church, in Jesus' name. We look here at David. David has been anointed king, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Once he was anointed, what we see in verse 17, there was, a, there was an uprising of the Philistines. Verse 17, then when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines... The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Belperazim. David defeated them there and said, The Lord has broken through my enemies like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of the place Belperazim. And they left their images there. And David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines went once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you, you hear the sound of the marching at the top of the mulberry tree, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Giba as far as Gezer. So as we look here, what we learned last week, just a very quick recap, is that the anointing found David. And as the word of the Lord tells us, you didn't choose me as Jesus speaks. I chose you. I chose you. And if you weren't here last week, I want you to hear this because it is impactful, transformative. It will change. And here by accident, I believe the Lord has chosen you to be in this church at this time in this season. But he not only brought you in here, 
See, the anointing also increases, increases your capacity. David was a shepherd, and now he's anointed king. He went from uh, being a shepherd boy to the anointed king. He didn't step right into that office, uh, but he served Saul for many years. Uh, then he became king over Judah, and each time the anointing was there, it was present, and it increased his capacity. So don't put a whole lot of stock in your ability. Don't put a whole lot of uh, a trust in your limited resources. What you need is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and he will, he will be the one that opens up the, the, the reservoir, the cavity, the, the piping, the flow of his spirit. He's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. So the anointing increases capacity. The anointing increases capacity. And I have found that wherever there is a need, the anointing is more than enough to supply that need. Now, as we kind of finished up the service last week, just kind of touch briefly, and I'll only touch briefly again upon this. It says here that when David was anointed king, that the Philistines came after him. Now, many of us think, well, I'm not going to ask for the blessing of God because the blessing of God will bring an attack of the enemy. That's one mindset. You can go that route. Just say, don't bless me, don't bless me, don't bless me. I don't want to attack. Don't bless me, don't bless me. Or, I believe we could that coin and look at the other side and the other side is this God knew what David needed before David knew what he needed and so he went ahead and anointed him and in that anointing that anointing was challenged by the enemy but God had already supplied David with what he needed and I don't know about you but I don't want less of God I want more of God by giving away more of myself, I want the Lord to consume. I ask him, and one of my daily prayers is simply this, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Another prayer that I pray is that you individually will be happy, healthy, prosperous, and whole. I'm asking the Lord to bless you beyond measure. And with that blessing, you don't hold that in, but you release that blessing to others. But we see here that the enemy came out and he attacked. But what I want to zero in is on verse 20, 2 Samuel 5, 20. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. And the Lord did it. David exclaimed, he burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Belperazim, which means the Lord has burst through. The Lord has burst through. Belperazim means, according to the Hellman Bible Dictionary, the Lord of breakthroughs. Some definitions define it as the master of breakthroughs. Let me say to you, the Lord God Almighty is the master of breakthroughs. It don't make any difference what you have need of. The 
Holy Spirit can break through whatever it is that you're facing. If it's an inner prison, we found out Sunday, but God can break through that inner prison. He can take the childhood hurt, shame, and pain that you have carried for all those many years, and he can tear the walls down by disrupting the foundations. He can take the most difficult situations, and it doesn't matter if it is a red sea of impossibility, when we surrender that to the Lord, God by the Spirit can open up that river, that sea like no other. He is the God of breakthrough. So, Lord, do whatever you need to do. He is the master of breakthrough. But I also like this definition. The Lord of outburst. The Lord of outburst. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying to you, I, let's go here to Isaiah 59. I need to remind you of something. Isaiah 59, 59 and 19. Are you there? Say amen. Is it up top? No. I didn't tell him ahead of time. Sorry, Michael. Okay, Isaiah 59, 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. I like that to start with. They fear the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, that's good. We're going to get deep into that in just a minute. And his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, let's stop right there. Now, let's look at this. When the enemy comes in like a flood in your life he tries to flood in in your relationship he tries to flood in on your workplace he tries to flood in 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 your ministry the enemy tries to flood in we raise a standard which is the cross of Calvary which is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and with that standard that's raised the enemy is halted in his tracks isn't that good so when he floods in by the power of the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ we can simply say halt no more we raise the standard right now the enemy doesn't have a choice but to stop if you've ever dealt with demoniacs people who have been duped by the enemy and accepted that stronghold and that enemy manifest himself that enemy cannot stand against the blood and the name of Jesus Christ it must obey there's not an option there's not a negotiation there's not a there's not a saying if you might maybe and please it's get up get out and go it's no no but we look here to the Word of God and we see that when the enemy tries to flood in, we, by the power of Jesus Christ, can stop that flood. But it gets gooder than that. It's not good English, but it's good preaching. Come on now. 
it's going to get gooder and gooder. Now, hold on. If you hadn't heard it, you're gonna, it's, it's going to be real good to you. But when the church floods in, the enemy has nothing to stop her. You didn't get it. Or it didn't mean nothing to you. You got a you got a stronghold of the enemy, and the enemy has come in like a flood. David raised a standard against it, and now all of a sudden, the Lord busts through the enemy like a rage, like a raging gush of water. The Lord flooded the enemy. That's what David says there in the Word. They, he, it was the Lord of outburst. I don't know about you, but I believe with all of my heart there is a God in heaven who lives in the heart of man of the church. And I believe with all of my heart there is a God who desires. His name is Jehovah God, God the Father. He sent his son Jesus, the God the Son, to send forth God the Spirit that will flow out of the bellies of the church like rivers of living water. Come on now, church. There's an outburst of the Lord was an outburst of the Lord that's going to break through the barriers that are preventing victory in your life, my life, the church's life, and the city and the state. Come on now. He's the Lord of outbursts. He's the Lord of breakthrough. Lord, break through my little ceiling so that there may be an outpouring. The Father is just looking for someone to say, oh, put me in the valley with the giant. I'm going to take him down by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Outburst. The enemy has no standard against the church. All he has is flesh. All he has is the carnal mind. All he has is fear, propaganda. All he has is uh, his try to influence you so that you will take your choice and choose him instead of God. Now, don't take offense. It's just the truth. Sometimes it's offensive. Who will the devil use? The same ones God will use. Some of you are like, what? I had what, what, what? What I'm saying to you is I can choose to be carnal or I can choose to be spiritual. I can choose to be an instrument of the Lord or I can choose to be an instrument of the devil. I can choose to walk in faith or I can use to choose to walk in fear. I can choose to allow fear to dictate my every walk, my every thought, my every action, reaction in the world today. Or I can choose by faith to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And Lord, by the strength of the spirit of God, I will walk according to your spirit. Now. What's beautiful about this is the Lord has invaded both sides of the relationship. 
he's invaded heaven's side and now he's invaded human side and then he brings us together so that we can trust in him to complete the covenant that he has set forth now folks I believe and and I want you to earnestly seek after because I'm praying this over you I'm praying it over myself we need revelation information will not change Knowledge will only puff up. But revelation brings transformation. Revelation is what was once not known becomes known. God the Father sent His Son, God the Son, to the earth to reveal the heart of the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. Anything you think about Jesus, you should think about the Father. If you see Jesus as a merciful, good, and kind, sacrificial God, that's exactly who the Father is. So as we look at this, what we begin to understand is that the Father desires for us to know him. That's why he sent his son. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after right standing, they shall be filled. Our side is to ask God. See, he takes care of both of all of it. He takes care of the hunger and he takes care of the filling. The hunger you have in your heart just to be here tonight is not even your hunger. It's God's hunger. Your hunger for revival is not your hunger, it's his hunger. Your hunger for healing is not your hunger, it's his hunger. But blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. And so he put in me a desire to come after him, but not only with that desire, he says, now I'm going to fill you because I have caused you to hunger. With that hunger comes a feeling, and more hunger causes more feeling, and more feeling causes more hunger, and God continues to flow doesn't mean that I'm not a participant in this I gotta go after God I gotta take the hunger and I gotta make myself available to be filled but something happens and will happen in the body of the believer when they get to the place where they say God give me this hunger let me be ravenous Lord for revival Lord God let the hunger begin to grow deep down inside of me Lord so that you can feel to overflowing that the power of the Spirit of God may invade my home may invade my ministry may invade our thoughts may invade our workplace may invade our shopping sinners Lord may, may invade it's time that we as the people of God stop going after the Lord in arrogance saying Lord you don't want to move anymore oh really as of when See, the river is still flowing but every generation has a responsibility to step into that river Revelation brings transformation. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12, 1 and 2, 
by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We saw it in this past year, did we not? The infiltration of the propaganda of the enemy that just floods and floods and floods and floods and floods. And it wasn't that we were hiding in the corner pretending like the world was not in crisis. But I did not see any benefit from fear. I didn't see any benefit from the tight-fisted control of fear. I didn't, I didn't see a single benefit. I do not deny the fact, nor do I negate the fact that there was there's been real tragedy in our world. But folks, and I'm not faulting you for, for, for something that may or may not have happened, but what I'm encouraging you is this. When fear tries to come in like a Raise the name of Jesus and say, no, no, mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, no. Then let there be an outburst of the Holy Spirit. Because God is a master friend. I, I, I don't know that I, if we go to watch a movie, I, I don't want to know anything about that movie. My family knows this. I barely want to know the title. Uh, all I need to know is it's clean and it's 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 acceptable to watch. That's all I really care. But if it's a suspense or or, or, or there's there's going to be a climax, don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear it. If it's a movie I really want to see, I'll cover my ears. And I, I don't. I know you think I'm weird, but I, I don't like to know. I like the anticipation of what's going to be coming as a result of this story being told. I, I don't I wouldn't equate this or say to you this is how God is, but but what I would say to you is is I believe that He He's got suspense covered up. Amen. He can take oh maybe a a, a babe that uh, is gonna deliver a nation and hide that babe in the house of the very one who has come against all of the nation and the covenant people and has enslaved them, and he takes him and he hides that babe in that house under his protection. He uses the pleas of his daughter. Daddy, I want this baby. I found this little baby, and I want it. Oh, honey child, you know I can't deny you. You just go ahead. It wasn't uh, any servant in the house that found Moses. Uh, it wasn't any other person that found uh, Moses floating in the very river that all the other babies perished in. It was the daughter who found him in a covenant, uh, in, a, in an ark, uh, and pulled him in and said, Dad, I want him. Well, you go ahead and keep him, honey. Whatever you want, whatever my little honey wants, my honey gets. Oops. There he is. <laughs> Delivering and destroying that kingdom. 
I believe God's a God of suspense, and I don't believe we have even scratched the surface of what the Lord is going to do. And he's chosen. See, he could have put you in Egypt. You could have walked out with the Israelites. He could have put you with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't need to, I don't need to get over there because I'm going there very soon. But instead, he, he didn't choose to, for you to be a part of the Gentile church listening to me. Paul preach. He chose you to be part of the last day. Breakthrough. Church. You can't tell me that the sovereign God who has taken humanity thousands of years just to discover how far one star is away and how far the, the how the speed of light all these discoveries were just in a word spoken by the all powerful God you cannot convince me that when he breathed into no, the, the nostrils of Adam that he had not already seen you this day made you a Revelation, church, brings transformation. And if I will position myself, now, what I'm going to see here, John Hyder might not get finished tonight, but anyway, I want you to see here, when David, he was first a man in a valley against a giant. A man in a valley against a giant now he is king with a nation going after a valley of giants you thought that one giant was you conquered him and you're done no no you thought well if, if I take down this, this giant of addiction then I'm done I'll just make sure that my four and no more and we got it going on. No. You take down a giant because God is preparing you to lead others by the power of the Spirit of the Lord into a valley of giants to lead forth giant killers. David didn't just kill his giants. He raised up giant killers. 600 mighty men followed after David. That one, he, because of the anointing, increased his capacity, and he began to see beyond himself. And it wasn't just about him anymore. He overcame that self-obsession. And now he discovered it's not just about me. It's about the relationships that I have with others and how the ministry that God's called me to. It wasn't just, oh, son, I know what you went through when you were a child. I know the disappointment and despair. I know the self-destructive behavior. But I didn't bring you out to leave you out. I brought you out so you can bring others in to that place of victory. 
Who's there in the valley? Facing a giant. Remember that giant is with his influence. There he is with his influence. David says in 1 Samuel 17, when he faces Goliath, the single giant, he says, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. Now, Paul likened the sword of the spirit to the word of God. But how many knows the enemy has weapons too? What What are his weapons? They're not so much different than our weapons though they're not as powerful as our weapons. Just like faith has a voice, fear has a voice. How does fear communicate? Fear communicates by words. So those swords are whatever present-day battle you're in right now. The enemy has come against you with a sword. And he's speaking to you and telling you things that are not in line with truth. Lie has to have a voice or it has no power. And lie really has zero power if it has no ear. Just like the gospel cannot find strength to land and transform if there's not an ear to hear. So when we pray, God, give me a voice, don't just give me a voice, give us an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. But see, he also comes along and he's got his, he's got his spear. Now that spear he generally fights with hand to hand. But a spear's got to reach. I will liken that to your past. When he, when he comes against you, what is he always bringing up? Failure. What you've done and what's been done to you and how you can't and how you won't. So he uses the words of the lies to come against you. Then he uses your past lies to come against you. Then he takes the old javelin. What a strange occurrence happened to me the other day. I went out to play golf, knocked my ball over a hill. You wouldn't expect to see a guy with a throwing a javelin golf course I thought what in the world did I just step into I was looking for my ball with one eye and I was looking at that javelin with the other fortunately he couldn't throw it very far and he told me that he said don't worry I can't hit you (laughs) stop aiming at me (laughs) might get lucky just like my golf game I'd rather be lucky than good throwers to the Olympics and those guys and gals chuck those things a long way but see the enemy he's he bombards you with lies of your present he bombards you with lies of your past because ultimately he's wanting to control with this javelin your future he wants to stop your future so he's using all of his propaganda and David stood out there the beloved he stood out there and he said this 
He said, you come to me with your lies of the present, your sword. You come to me with lies of the past, the, this, this spear. But you also come to me with lies of the future. I, what I've concluded is that you're a liar. But I say to you, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of Israel. I did a little word study on that Lord of hosts, and it's a beautiful word because it means that he is Jehovah of the armies that are ready for battle. But he goes a little further than that. He's not only the host of the armies of heaven, he's also the host of all the angelic hosts. He's not only the host of the armies and the angels at his disposal, but also what is at his disposal. That Lord of hosts means he's the host of the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the entirety of the galaxies uh, belong to the Lord of hosts. And he also means the Lord, the host of all creation. So David said, you've got taken off Saul's armor. So I'm not standing in Saul's identity. I'm not standing in a carnal identity. I'm not standing in the fleshly attire to say to you, I've got anything that can defeat you. You are much bigger than me and physically much stronger. But I'm not standing in I am standing in the identity of the Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts has an army at my disposal. And the Lord of hosts has an angelic host at his disposal. And the Lord of hosts has all of the galaxies and the universe and everything in it and all creation at his disposal so <laughs> you're in trouble now what makes that more powerful than what I've just shared with you is this David was a tyrant we can glean from him as a man that he was a tyrant Gaha When the voice was heard from heaven, not once but twice, and it addressed God the Son, God the Father called him what? The Beloved. So I'm saying to you 2,000 years ago, the battlefield for Calvary, there was a war that took place. restoration of the 
sure I was going to quit quoting her, but these people were going to think I didn't have original thought. <laughs> Jesus did not come as our example. He came as the example of others. No, don't sit down. Thank you, Lee. Somebody help him out. Jesus didn't come, scratch that from the record. He didn't come as, as an example for us. He came as an example of us. He didn't come for an example for us. So when you see it like that, you think, well, always going to measure up, always going to measure up, always going to measure up, always going to measure up. Uh-oh, failure, 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 failure. The giant takes over, I serve the lies, I live substituting for the enemy. But when Jesus came, he came to restore the image of the Father in us by being an example of us. scripture, and I, I know I've shared this, but we're going to share it again. Amen. 
Leviticus 25, 20-22. Revelation brings transformation. Revelation brings transformation. Once I understand by revelation that God loves me, now it's no longer information that's regurgitated. It is something that becomes a part of me and my identity. When I discover by revelation that the Lord has accepted me, and it's not just a, see, when there's, there's I, I, I want you to encourage him, continue to sow, continue to sow, yes, continue to sow the seeds of God's word. But if this rejection keeps coming up and coming up and coming up, there's not a full revelation of acceptance. Ask the Lord to reveal acceptance in you. Once you receive that by revelation, which the Father more than willing and wants to give you that revelation, it'll change you. It'll transform you. Transform the way you talk, transform the way you walk, transform the way you transforms the way that you interact. It'll cause you to begin to walk as an example who you are. Amen? Leviticus, you say, what does Leviticus 25 have to do with it? Look at verse 20 and 22. And if you say, what shall we eat of the Sabbath? since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce. <clears throat> so the Lord created the earth and the heavens in six days and rested upon the seventh. I believe that humanity is 6,000 years old. I believe, according to the word of God, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. I believe that there has been, from creation to date, almost 6,000 years. As we look at that, what we see in the prophetic timeline that there's one day that's left to be fulfilled, and that will be the day of rest. God created the, he, he set forth the guidelines, and for six days he created, and on the seventh he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired, he rested because he was finished. There's coming a finished day, there's a day that we will step into that will be completely finished. So as we look at this, they go out and they gather manna for six days, a repetition, repetition, go out and gather manna for six days, and they, they rested for the seventh. They go out and they sow their land for six years, but they rest on the seventh. So with that in mind, we see that in verse 21, the people were asking, what are we going to do in that, in that year that we don't go out and sow? The Lord says and instructs them, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year. What year are we in prophetically? And it will bring forth produce for how many years? And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year. Until the produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. So what that tells me is that we are called to be a part of the last day church, which is the sixth day, because the Lord is coming back and it'll be the millennial, 1,000 years 
times of rest, and that'll be the millennial of Christ. And so what stands to reason is that there is, because God's the one that set this in motion, not me. I didn't do this. He did this. But by revelation, we understand that there is an exponential increase that is going to take place at the last of the last. I believe there's going to be revelation knowledge as we understand. There's going to be revelation knowledge of the Father that is needed for this last day harvest. And I believe there's three times the, the measure of faith. I believe there's three times the measure of revelation. I believe that God is pouring out His Spirit upon His people so that we will be prepared for His coming. Amen? So what I'm saying to you in this is this. Every generation has to come into revelation. That's why God the Father doesn't have grandchildren. He has sons and he has daughters. He has sons and daughters. He has every generation, his first generation, offspring. And I believe, folks, that every generation has to measure and raise with the knowledge of the Lord. And we've been privileged enough to be a part of this last day church, which I believe that we need revelation of who we are in the Father, who the Father is in us. Worship team, make your way back up here. Father, I ask in the name that is above every name. I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for breakthrough in this last day. 